1: this is Dirt Radio and I'm Emma Wasson.
2: And I'm John Langer and Dirt Radio is sponsored by Friends of the Earth Melbourne and you can check it all out at FO, at all the Faux campaigns and lots more at fo.org.au.
1: This week we're going to be looking at the health of the climate and the state of play in the state of Victoria in relation to setting renewable emission reduction targets. And uh, this week, we'll have our first guest, Kate Wachow, who is part of the Fo Act on Climate campaign, and she's on a special working group looking at the policy around emission reduction targets for the state of
2: Victoria. And Kate, I have to say, probably along with a bunch of other climate campaigners, are scratching their heads in dismay at a recent announcement by the uh, Andrew's government that it's going to be deferring setting emission reduction targets until after the state election, which happens in November.
1: And so Kate's with us on the line. Welcome, Kate. Hi, how's it going? Good, good, thanks. Thanks for coming on to Dirt Radio this morning. Um, Before we get to that disappointing announcement, just for background, can you tell us a bit more about uh, these emissions that we're talking about and where they come from?
0: Well, in regards to the Victorian emission reduction targets, we're just talking about the state of Victoria. Um, And so obviously every state has emissions that come both from um, the energy production as well as transport and a range of different areas. Uh, And so Victoria, um, we produce a lot of electricity and so we burn a lot of coal. We also have the transport sector. We also have... uh, Various land use like uh, deforestation causes quite a lot of emissions as well. Um, Yeah, so it comes from across like uh, a wide range of areas in society.
1: Mm. And something that um, that sort of struck me was the importance of Victoria's emission reduction targets because Victoria has more emissions or produces more emissions than I think it was New South Wales, Tasmania and another state combined.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's it's kind of deceptive. You think, oh, just states by itself, you know, what difference will that do? Well, quite a lot of difference. It's really important that Victoria takes uh, leadership on this issue because not only is that desperately needed in Australia with um, this federal inaction on emissions reductions, but Victoria just by itself can make a, a huge difference in Australia's uh, kind of climate action. Mm.
2: Kate, can I, it's John here. Um, just, to, just to give a, a little bit of a broader picture, and I, I think lots of people are aware of this, but one of the things that's important in terms of the states themselves is they're taking the initiative that the federal government is really <laughs> lagging very much behind on.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um as many of uh, your listeners may be aware, uh, the past three years, Australia's emissions have continued to rise, um, which is obviously meaning that we're not going to meet our Paris agreement targets. uh, Despite the government, despite the federal government saying that um, we have this direct action plan, that everything's on track, uh, that's just not supported by the data. So it's uh, very important that states take leadership because, um, Otherwise, we're not going to be able to uh, avoid catastrophic climate change, which will affect communities, not just across Australia, but across the world.
2: Yeah, and look, there's there's r- very recent developments, I'm sure you've been following them, about the so-called Monash group that wants to uh, basically reinvigorate the coal industry.
0: Yes, um, I've been following that with uh, some interest. Um
2: and horror and horror, I, and I, I, horror, I assume. <laughs> uh,
0: yes, definitely horror. Um, I grew up quite close to Latrobe Valley, which is you know where the the mining kind of sector is located in Victoria. And uh, just yesterday, Tony Abbott was peddling through there, brooking this this coal plan of his. But ultimately, like he's just he's, they're just using uh, this community as a political football just to gain points, you know. And so it's not looking at what's actually good for people. It's just they're just trying to get votes or win elections or, you know, their priorities are just out of whack.
2: Kate, I I saw something yesterday, last last evening, in fact, that was reported in in one of the newspapers down in the Latrobe Valley. Voices of the Valley, I gather, had a bit of a... um, uh, let's call it a confrontation, it's not really a confrontation, but uh, fronting up to Tony Abbott about this. Did you, did you follow that? And if so, tell us about it.
0: Yes, I was following that. Um, Wendy Farmer, who's uh, an amazing kind of leader in the Choke Valley uh, and a member of the Voices of the Valley, she, had a, um, she actually had a football, and on it I think they'd written, um, you know, stop, stop keep using the community as a political football. And uh, she presented that to Tony Abbott, who of course tried to dodge and weave because mm-hmm. you know he was he was there for the photo op, not for actually meeting the community. But um, that was a uh, that was amazing on Wendy's uh, behalf. There's some pretty cool photos on Facebook.
2: Absolutely, and I, yeah. I I saw it, and it was terrific. It was actually apparently he was uh, what I was reading was he was trying yeah. to avoid the media, and uh, that was the incident that really capped it for the media.
0: Yeah, well, I think he was trying to kind of hide in a, a throng of cyclists, but you know, <laughs> you can't hide from the Latrobe Valley community. They will uh, <laughs> stick up for themselves because, <laughs> yeah. often the uh, politicians aren't.
1: Um, so just um back to the announcement from the government and um, and what you were expecting. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the um, about that emission reduction target from the go- government and what happened?
0: Yeah, well, so we had this... Um, in the in the Climate Change Act that was set in uh, 2017, uh, it was legislated that Victoria is going to reach uh, net zero emissions by 2050. And so that means that uh, as many, like, across the board, the emissions will be reduced, and in areas where they can't be completely um, eradicated, offsets will be kind of purchased or set in place. And so... Um, Part of this act uh, meant that the government was required to set interim targets because obviously, if they just say, oh, you know, we'll have no emissions by 2050, if you don't have uh, targets between now and then, you can very easily just keep emitting, 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 and not actually reach net zero. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and
0: so, part of this process was that um, the government is needing to set Uh, legally binding targets for 2025 and 2030 and an independent panel of experts on the areas of climate change and energy and policy um, was set so that they could advise the government on what those targets should be for those years. And um, we were following this quite closely because uh, obviously it's really important that we have ambitious targets and uh, part of this process is going to be submissions from the public, which is a really important part of uh, this community Mm. having its voice heard. Mm. And so, yeah, we were following this and we were going to, um, or we're still going to uh, really enable and encourage people to make these submissions. But we did recently hear this announcement that the process has been delayed until next year. And so we were quite uh, dismayed by this because the Andrews government has taken great action on climate in the past Um, and so we're unsure of why they have stepped back from taking leadership in this area where it's so desperately needed.
2: Kate well just just uh, a bit of speculation here because you raised the quite you're obviously questioning why this is happening have you got any any reasons that you've come up with I mean is there anything that you can put your finger on Is, is it something which um, is being is there pressure being put on the government from certain quarters to to sort of put the brakes on this
0: uh, i 'm unsure about it in that respect, but I do think that it, this uh, process being delayed shows that for some reason um in this area the government isn 't prioritizing climate action uh, maybe they think they can you know ramp up their election campaign in other areas uh, personally I can't say for certain why but mm. I do it does definitely reflect um, just a lack of interest or a lack of like investing their time yes. uh, in this issue which is quite baffling because mm. uh, we have Australian communities being affected by climate change right now with drought uh, extreme bushfires um, flooding you know etc mm. yeah, <laughs> And absolutely. so this this Lack of action
1: is, um, is quite upsetting. Mm. Um, however, at least there's a positive that people can take affirmative action during this submission period about the emission reduction targets um, and influence uh, a policy making um, process on a state level. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the details of how people can take meaningful action and, um, and contribute submissions during this process?
0: Well, um, the Act on Climate Collective that I'm a part of, uh, we actually have a, an online kind of sign-up sheet where people can get, uh, get alerts for when they can take action and make submissions. Um, and also through the, uh, the Melbourne Friends of the Earth website, you can uh, have your say and send in an email to the panel or send in uh, a submission now before the kind of, the panel has opened. Uh, and I think this is really important to show that the community is watching and
1: mm. that
0: uh, the government can't just sweep these targets under the carpet and think, oh, no one will pay attention to them because, you know, they're a bit, you know, they're not this kind of sexy environmental issue. They're just targets. so who cares? Mm. But it's so important that everyone stands up right now and says, hey, we're watching. We know that this affects us in our mm. future. So do something right now.
2: Kate, is, is there a deadline for, uh, for the submissions? That that have that can be put in.
0: Um, at the moment, there's not a hard deadline because this timeline has been delayed for the um, for the for the panels process. Um, but the earlier that people make uh, submissions or start talking to the government and this panel, the kind of the stronger the message is that this has to be prioritised. Mm. Uh, if we just wait until you know the last like the last day of submissions, then that's not as a mm. strong a message that the community calling for action mm. as um, it would be us all saying now like it's been delayed. So before you open submissions, we're going to make our own submissions because you know mm. this is the community and you've got to listen to what we say. Mm. That's a
2: really good. It's a very, That's a very good point that you're putting out there. Uh, I, I think that the idea that you submit early and makes people aware that. Uh, the community, is there is concern, genuine concern. You're not leaving it to the last minute, so to speak.
1: Mm, and it, yeah, it demonstrates the priority that um, yeah. people are giving giving this issue. And um, to make a submission to the Emission Reductions Target re- Inquiry, we'll be putting up a link on the Dirt Radio website along with the podcast for this show. So you can go to Friends of the Earth uh, website, which is foe.org.au, for more information.
2: Kate, would you like to have a, take a breath and we'll play a promo and get back and talk a little bit more with you about climate issues?
0: That sounds good. We know you love our 3CR Radical Radio t-shirts and so do we. They're a bargain at $20 for adults and $15 for kids and come in black, white,
1: grey, and a cool light blue. To nab one of these beauties, drop into the station at 21 Smith Street or order by phoning 9419 8377. Or you can visit us online at 3cr.org.au forward shop. Come on, you know you want one. Hello, this is Dan Salton, and you're listening to 3CR
2: Blackfella Radio, Melbourne. And you're with Dirt Radio, and I'm John Langer.
1: And I'm Emma Watson.
2: And we've got Kate Wachow on the telephone, and she's talking about emission reduction targets and the state election, and a whole lot of other things as well. Kate, thanks for staying with us, and uh, I wanted to move on to something else that you've been involved in, something called the climate budget. And this is a little bit, I, I guess, very. in fact, I think it's fairly innovative in, in some ways. And I'd just like you to explain what what is a climate budget and how would it relate to the state of Victoria?
0: Yeah, well, the state government uh, sets budgets um, every year and generally has been doing a theme or an issue of focus, such as previously uh, domestic violence. And so this issue then is incorporated into all sections of the budget, which reflects how inter- interconnected different areas of society are and how things rarely happen in a vacuum. So what Act on Climate is doing is we're calling for a climate budget. So we want uh, climate incorporated into all of the different areas of the budget. So this includes education, health, infrastructure, etc. cetera. Um, because as we know, uh, the environment and climate change affects all areas of society. So we need to have comprehensive action and real investment in combating it and uh, preparing communities for the impacts that are already happening.
1: Mm. And so that's what we're calling for. And so this is a, a case for modernising the Victorian budget, isn't it?
0: Yes, it is. Yeah.
1: So can you tell us a bit about what the current budget is for climate or environmental initiatives and how you're proposing it needs to be improved?
0: Well, at the moment, we have um, kind of climate or environmental issues are a separate section, and so they're not getting, uh, I guess, as much investment as is really needed in society. Um, there has still been uh, admirable investment from the Andrews government in uh, local initiatives and climate-related uh, kind of projects, but um, when we've got this massive issue like climate change that's so embedded in society uh, and how we how we treat and use the environment what we need is really broad really ambitious investment so that we can make our communities safe from climate impacts that are happening now and that might happen in the future
2: and Kate obviously this isn't going to the budget happens in May it's obviously not going to be happening this May do you foresee it possibly happening next year, or is it is it a, a much longer term sort of initiative that you're looking at?
0: Uh, well as climate change is happening now uh, it would be like ideal if it happens as soon as possible because you know we have communities that are being impacted um, by droughts and bushfires and et cetera right now and mm this sort of investment, uh, and we have we have all the technology and information we need. What we lack is political will. And so this investment would reflect that political will finally catching up with uh, the needs of the times. And so, I mean, we're calling for it as, as soon as possible.
2: And uh, will you be, as Act on Climate, the campaign, you're, as I understand it, you're going out to various electorates, particularly marginal ones, to um talk about this this issue and and get people thinking about it
0: uh yes we are and there's amazing people in these communities who are taking action and uh this is an area that's been um a kind of lacking in government action is really reaching out to uh all communities uh inner city regional you know far away from melbourne like on the border um, and talking to them about, like, their environment and what have they seen and what, what do they think should be done because the best people to talk about, you know, a community's impacts is the community. So they have to be incorporated into this conversation. Mm. So that's what we're doing. We're going out and we're, we're talking to the people who are in the area and they have seen the climate impacts. They know that the seasons are changing. So we want them to tell us what they've seen and what they think needs to be done. And then they are being put, they are being empowered to go out and continue this conversation in their communities.
1: Mm. And what are some of the things they're telling you so far?
0: Well, we have heard uh, very strong personal accounts of um, that. Yes, you know they are seeing the climate impacts, like in farming communities. Uh, seasonal change is impacting rural communities in Australia right now, and uh, so we need that like ambitious very quick action from the government to support these communities um, during this time when you know farming is livelihood is the livelihood of these communities so we need the government to catch up and take action on it um, and there is like a lot of you know energy and uh, you know motivation to take action um, in rural areas and so we just need to we just need to talk to people and listen to them and um, you know tap into that.
2: It sounds really uh fantastic the work that you're doing. Can you tell us which communities some of the communities that you've been involved in or is that is that uh yeah, just just give us briefly. I think you went to Ararat is one place, is that right?
0: Yeah, um I I'm personally involved more in the emissions reduction targets. So um I don't want to accidentally miss out any communities, but I know that uh Ararat and Ballarat, uh, Dahl, uh,
2: there's, there's a few, but I'm sorry, I can't give you a, complete no, that's list off fine. the top of my head. <laughs> no, that's fine. Mm. Well, Kate, look, it's been, uh, it's been really terrific talking to you, and, uh, you were, we're not anticipating a, a full show on, on the emissions reduction target and the climate budget, but we want to thank you so much for your time and your insights.
0: Oh, that's all right. I am, um, I appreciate the chance to be able to talk about these issues because they are uh, so
2: important. Absolutely and I think uh, it was, for me it was quite eye-opening your discussion of the climate budget because um, one of the things I didn't realise was that the budgets are inserting themselves a, a particular theme and, and mm. I, I think that's a really, really important point that you've raised uh, is that the theme of domestic violence was, was part of a, a budget one last year and why not climate and why not climate change as as a theme in another budget?
1: Mm. Yeah, and certainly making exactly. it more like, transparent in that way.
0: Yeah, and like one of the daunting aspects of climate action is that so much needs to be done, um, like not just to reduce emissions, but to uh, support communities in uh, kind of adapting to impacts that are already here. And so... To reflect how complicated that is, we need this comprehensive funding um, mm. and it can't just be politicians saying, oh, we're going to fund it in the future or we're going to, you know, we're going to cut a ribbon here or do this there. Like, yep. that's what we need. We need investment in action. Like, that's that's what's going to be, uh, be able to drive us to create the change we need to support Victoria in having a safe climate in the future
2: i th- I think you re- again I raised a, a really important point the The integration the the complexity of these things, but also the fact that they 're interrelated, is very very important and I think the point that you're making you can fund rivers or you can fund waterways or you can fund farming communities, but in fact, if you're talking about climate change you're talking about an integrated system, a complex interrelated system which really requires to go back to your words, a, a particular theme which is related to the budget. So I think those, all of those things are extremely important.
0: Yeah, and if, um, if any of your listeners are interested in learning more, they're welcome to come along to Act on Climate meetings. Uh, we have them at the Friends of the Earth office on Monday evenings. They go from about 6 o'clock to 7.30. And, uh, it's, yeah, we love having new people along who have that passionate energy about how to take action on
1: climate change. Excellent. Thanks so much, Kate. And I'm sure we can put those details up on the website as well. And don't forget, you can make a submission to the Emission Reduction Target Inquiry ASAP, uh, and those details will be online. Um, Thank you very much. And um, we'll, we'll go to a community announcement. Thank you.
2: Thanks, Kate. Speak to you soon again. Like in Canada and in Australia, they cannot discharge tailings directly into the riverways. But in Pogara, they discharge their tailings in the waterways and they kill us and they say it's okay, you are just being killed for trespassing.
0: Subscribe to 3CR, bringing you voices and opinions the mainstream media don't dare touch.
2: They have the exclusive right to extract the mineral below six feet, but that exclusive right does not permit them also to kill people.
1: Who does the killing?
2: The company has uh, specially arranged security forces.
1: Subscribe today. Call
0: 9419
1: 8377. So we were talking to Kate Wachow, who is part of the FO Act on Climate campaign, and you can find out more about that camp- campaign on faux.org and the Dirt Radio website.
2: Well, that's it for dirt radio this week and we will be back again at 9:30 next tuesday talking to you then
1: see you later